0: Welcome back to the Murdy Creative Co. Podcast. I'm your host, Colin Murdy, and today's topic is hiring dilemma. But first, I want to say thank you to everyone who supported the company so far. If you've got a chance, go check us out on the web at MurdyCreative.co. that's M-U-R-D-Y, creative.co, or you can check us out on all of our social medias. The links are at the top of the website. Be sure to join our Discord server. Top is in the link of the description below. And we do all sorts of behind the scenes stuff there, so check that out there. All right, so I mentioned last week that we were working on hiring and we have had the first round of interviews with all of our candidates, and it's been interesting. One of the challenges that we had found early on in the process was working on posting the job in a lot of places. We would posted on LinkedIn and Indeed and um, uh, ZipRecruiter and some other places, and so we had spent in the first 24 hours almost $600 because of the cost of posting on these places, and so I wanted to shut off the spigot as it were, I wanted to turn off the posting itself on those places. And we did. Now there was some concern amongst the team that we were gonna be hiring too quickly, right? That we, the job post hadn't been posted long enough to find good candidates. And that's a reasonable concern to be, to be sure. But for me, one of the challenges is that we were spending so much money and we'd had, we had at that point, a stable of like 15 different candidates that we had to reach out to. And I figured we'll start there. We'll start with those first 15. We'll go from there after that. If we can't find anybody in those first 15, we'll repost it and start over. And so that's exactly what we did. I ended up calling each of the candidates to set up times. The ones that called me back or answered the phone, they're the ones that got the first round interviews. And we ended up having 11 of those originally. Now, out of those 11 interviews, I would say that there were five that were pretty good and really two that stood out to me. Two people that I think were really standout candidates. But we have a bit of a dilemma that starts there. Now, the candidates that were pretty good were ones that I felt could do the job, were good culture fits. They had the, the kind of the necessary fundamental components to be good employees. But there wasn't anything about them that particularly stood out to me or there were things that about them that I just were, was a little, little more reserved about. The two candidates that I liked the best were ones that were uh, very, I think they were gonna be very good culture fits. And obviously when you're hiring, that's a huge challenge. That's an important part of it, especially in a small business like ours. If this is someone you can't, you don't feel like you get along with every day, it's gonna be rather challenging to have them as an employee or as a coworker in light of the fact that you spend a lot of time with them. So culture fit was for me one of the most important elements, especially because this job is something we can train you how to do. In fact, there's not a ton of jobs that really prepare you for this kind of work. Because as I was explaining to the, inter- the interviewees, the job involves some days where you're standing for hours at a cutting table or a press or at an engraver. Some days you're sitting for hours at a desk assembling something. Some days every single order is a unique one-off piece where there's, you know, it's totally different than the other ones. And some days you're assembling one of the 500 koozies we have as part of an order and you would be doing that for eight hours. So some days are exactly the same all throughout the day and some of them are very different every day and it's just a tricky job to hire for. And there's not a lot of things that you can really prepare for you for this. So for me, experience wasn't really the priority. Not that it didn't matter at all. For example, we need people who can operate independently of others. They can operate essentially on their own, unsupervised. They can take responsibility for their work. They can produce well. And there are certain people who are just not suited to that kind of work. There are certain social butterflies who. I think, very much need to be doing work with other people to feel like they can really get that energy and can move forward. But that's not exactly something we can really facilitate at this point. So for us, we need someone who can operate independently, introvertedly in some regard, and operate well in that environment. So the two candidates that I really liked the best really were, at the heart, a good culture fit. They, were, they struck me as people who were People of integrity who could operate independently, who were dedicated to the cause and what we're doing here and trying to do their very best to operate well. And I think that's, I mean, in the end, that's the critical thing that you can't teach, right? You can, you can maybe inspire someone to believe in the cause, but you can't teach them to. So for me, I was evaluating this and I was looking at the, the overall picture and the challenge that I think we're facing right now is that one of the candidates is a good long way away. And one of the candidates is here. One of the candidates is potentially got another job lined up, although we can't verify that. That's what they said. But, you know, sometimes people say that to get a job. Um, On the other hand, if this person is telling the truth, it's possible we could lose them before we really get a chance to really properly evaluate them. And whenever I'm hiring someone, there's a couple of things I keep in mind. Hiring is difficult. It seems like it shouldn't be. You find the right person, you give them the job, right? But for me, because I end up having to do all of the firing as well, and I have to do all of the performance reviews, and I'm the one that has to do all of the issue, the, the meetings when things aren't going well, a part of the, the evaluation for me is, is what's it going to be like to, to tell them they're not doing a good job? How am I going to deal with that? How am I going to do that, right? Is this someone who I could feel confident telling them that and feel like they would be able to improve? Is this someone who could take that feedback in, in, in grace, right, and, and, and understand that it's not coming from a place of anger or a place of negativity, but instead a place for need and necessity and say, you know what, if they're having this conversation with me, there might be something I need to learn and do. And obviously, no one wants to fire anybody. It's not fun no matter how easy it seems to be, no matter how much it seems like it's a snap decision, no matter how much it seems like it's coming out of nowhere to the person who's getting fired, it isn't easy. And it's never an easy decision. And it always comes with an enormous weight to bear. And so whenever I'm hiring someone, I have that in the back of my mind, right? Because I don't want to do that. I don't want to have to fire them. And it's a weight. It really is. And last time we did hiring, I mean, we had a very colorful cast of characters. We had a lot of candidates and out of those candidates, there weren't a very many that I particularly thought were gonna be a good fits. And this time around we got surprisingly a decent number of people that I thought were, would, I, all of them I think were, or most of them were, were people who could do the job. They were capable. They might even necessarily be kind of a good fit skills wise per se. But if they didn't, they weren't a culture fit, it wasn't really gonna be a thing going forward. We're not really at the point, company-wise, to be so um, desperate for hiring for bodies for people that we are hiring outside of a culture fit. I know that that's kind of a silly thing to say, but when you're a large company and you've got work that needs to be done from a production standpoint, you can kind of afford to say, well, this person isn't a great culture fit, but they're at least a good worker and we'll bring them on. And you know they'll become a good culture fit over time. But when you're a small business, ironically, the culture is everything in some regard. Being able to say, is this a person that I would want to have dinner with? Is this a person that I would want to, you know, spend time with outside of work potentially? That's a huge part of it because you're going to spend every day with this person. And that's a big part of it. Now, of these two candidates, there are real advantages to each. And there are disadvantages to each. And one of the disadvantages is by picking one, we can't pick the other. Now, I originally had evaluated with a team a discussion saying, okay, well, could we hire both potentially? But realistically, that's not financially feasible. And there's a reasonable case to be made that we couldn't make enough work for them, even if we could bring them both on. I'm already nervous about hiring one person. Hiring two would be enormous. So here we are, Rock in a hard place. And by that, I mean it's a good rock and a good hard place, right? In the end, we're going to end up with a good candidate, I think. There's also the challenge where we may be chasing two people and we may not get either of them, right? Maybe by chasing two people, we end up not getting either of them. I do have to believe that this is all part of God's plan and that there's a reason why these people are available. And there's also something to be said that perhaps we may be growing and hiring again in the future. And perhaps if we can do this well, If we don't end up getting one of them or the person that we end up not going with out of those two, maybe we can bring them back later. Maybe they might be someone who, if they're interested in the job, they might be a good fit later. And that might be true of both of them. But we'll know eventually here. It will be made clear. And if it's not made clear, at the very least, we'll make a decision because in the answer, that's all you can do is move forward. We have second round interviews that we're setting up. Those will be much more in depth. The first round is a mostly a better description of the job, an explanation of what the job entails in detail, a description of the benefits package in detail and the pay, and I'll ask a few questions, get a sense of the person. Um, second round is gonna be much more intense. It's gonna have all three of the people of, of us in a meeting room, talking with the person, asking questions. We're gonna have much more, I would say, intentional questions that are, are perhaps more penetrating and give more insight into the way the person thinks, the way the person acts, how they might fit within the team psychology and the team cohesion. And we'll have the maker's test at the end of it, which is exactly what it sounds like. We put a couple of things in front of them and they have to make them and we teach them how to make them. We make them along with them. Right? We have our own set of exactly the same products that we're making in front of them. But it's a question of how well do you act under pressure? How well do you, are you able to work with your fingers? Are you able to put things together? The work we do is very dexterous. It's very manually dexterous work. So people need to be able to do that kind of work to succeed here. And not everyone is gifted with that. Some people just aren't quite good with it, right? So the second round will hopefully provide some insight into those things. And I don't know, I feel conflicted in some regards about this problem. Because I feel a sense that I I am blessed with having two good options and that is a blessing and I need to be grateful for that. Um, But it does mean that there's a decision in front of me. And I'm glad to some extent that the people that we have that are going to be both, I think, good options are, how do I say this? They strike me as people who have enough emotional intelligence and grace that no matter what happens, they're going to be people who are going to be understanding and respectful of how it turns out in the end and that's actually huge because there's a a real problem when you're hiring people in general which is that people get a very 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 short snippet view of your company and they may form if the interview process does not go their way they may form a very negative view of the company and they could spread bad news around the town town for the company right oh i interviewed for that job and they didn't go for me because of x y and z or whatever those rumors matter they do in small businesses and small towns those kinds of things so i think that both of the people that are going to be the most likely candidates either way will feel i think that they were treated fairly and that were given the full opportunity to make their best case and i think that they will trust that when we make a decision it is the best decision that we possibly can make and like i said if i if everything would go my way if i really could say what i really wanted i would love to say that we are at a position now where we could hire both of them because they are both great people And it's difficult knowing how hard it is to find good people, to have to turn one of them down potentially. But just the reality of the world that we live in, the reality of the macroeconomic climate, the reality of the business I run is that we just can't afford two people right now, especially at the pay rate that we're hiring at. We made a conscious decision this time around to pay well intentionally so that we could attract better talent, and I think it worked. But well, we'll see. What do you guys think? I'd love to hear your comments below. If, you're chall- if, you were, if you were challenged between two really good candidates, what would be the criteria that you would use to try to decide between them? Anyway, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Be sure to check back in next Thursday for the next topic. Don't forget to check that subscribe button as well as the notification bell to get notified when we launch new episodes. If you got any questions or concerns about any of the products that we sell, please feel free to contact the main page of our website or even us a phone call. Uh, we, you can give us a phone call at 414-434-9001. We're available Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. Central Time. However, if you call us tomorrow, I believe that's the 29th, uh, Friday the 29th, we will be out of the office at a corporate retreat. Um, so we can definitely reach out to you back on Monday. So um, we want to help you guys. We wanna, if you want to place orders over the phone, you can give us a, if you reach out to us on the main page of our website at murdycreative.co. there's a frequently asked questions and below that there's a contact us. You can do that, or you can send us an email at sales at merdicreative.co, sales at merdicreative.co. We do want to help. Uh, If you think we deserve a good review, you can go a long way to help us grow, both a review on the podcast and whatever app you're listening on, as well as a review on the product itself, if you have one. You can go to merdicreative.co slash review to leave us a good review. That'll take you right now to Google. That's where we're having all of the reviews go to. However, if you go to merdicreative.co slash reviews, you can read our reviews on our product on Facebook or on Google. And we'll have all those listed there. So it does help us. Um, It really does mean a lot. If you want to build something for advertising our product, if you want to become the equivalent of a sales rep for the Murdy Creative Company, go check out our collab program, murdycreative.co slash collab. You can get a commission, 15% on any sale that you make, and the people that are buying can get 10% off their order. So if you want to rep the Murdy Creative Co product out in the wild, there are no caps on that commission. You can go out, door to door with Murdy Creative Co product, sell our product, use that commission code, and you can get a lot of money that way if you can make good sales. So something to check out. Otherwise, just a simple collab program with you being an influencer can work. Everyone is an influencer in their own world. Everyone has their own circle of friends that look to them for interest in advice, and we would love to help you make a little money by advertising a good product to them. If you're looking for multiple items for gifts, giveaways, menus, really any reason we do have bulk discounts available. They're built right directly into the cart. So all you need to do is mix and match to your heart's desire, add everything you want, and the bulk discount should automatically apply in the cart. The minimum order quantity to apply for the bulk discount is five. That's it. It's five items. We'll get you that first tier of discounts. And once you add more, you get more discounts. So it's a great way to check that out. If you want to know more about that program or you're curious about the price breakdown, feel free to send us an email, salesamreacav at We have no minimum order quantities and no setup fees, however, for our custom engraved items. So if you want to get an engraving on one of our products, there are no minimum order quantities, no setup fees. It's a simple flat fee, normally about $15. And that is pre-bulk discount, by the way. You go To to go do that, you can go to meridicreative.co, go to any of the product pages that have the blue button that says add custom logo. When you click on that button, it'll take you to the custom version of that product. It is a great way to get that special thing for that special person. Once you're in the customizer, there's a circle with an exclamation point in the middle of it. That is how you select product variations. So those product variants, are things like color and insert and it does not remember them from the prior page. So you need to go into the customizer and select those color, reselect those color and insert options. You can upload logos, add images, text, and you can redesign all of it how you want, and then hit add to cart. You can change your quantity there, by the way, if you're gonna get a whole bunch of them. That way you don't have to re-add one at a time. And uh the bulk discount, like I said, applies to the the engraving itself beyond that. But you can just get one. Please don't use copyright images unless you have the copyright permission for that. Um, it can get us in a lot of trouble, and we've been doing our very best to to prevent that from happening. But obviously, your you know your help in that is is appreciated. So don't use copyright images um, if you if you don't have the permission for it. But if you do have the permission for it, send it along. We love to love to do things that we can. So check that out. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Have a great day and goodbye.